0: But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
2: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick. Uh, happy Halloween, Michael Look Jr., Michael Sr. Jesse Cofield holding it down for us in the DraftKings office in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GoJO15. Got a great show for you guys today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate review, leave us that five-star rating. Check us out. Live here Monday through Friday, DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and more from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we got some great guests today. We're going to talk about the NFL trade deadline that's coming up this afternoon, the College Football Playoff Rankings Committee's first round of rankings is going to come out later today. But it is also Halloween, which means right now we have uh, assembled the all-star squad of my father, who is Moses, but a very specific Moses, myself, who is... uh, as I look at myself now, much more in line with Macho Man Randy Savage than uh, Rex, the owner of Rex Kwando from Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> that I was trying to channel, and uh, Jesse Cofield is a mom trying to do her best.
3: Yeah, I took this out of my daughter's uh, dress-up box on the way out the door this morning.
0: <laughs> and it looks wonderful. Jesse. It looks like yeah. it
1: looks like you've planned it for months. Jesse.
3: Good, that's what I was going yes. for. Yes, you
1: pulled it. Pull, pull, you pulled it off very well. I yes, am Charlton Heston. Playing Moses, that's what I am. From wow. so one of my favorite movie. movies, The yeah. Ten Commandments.
0: There, I was just I say, there are a to thi- say, there are a few things. My dad built his life around content. My dad's seen more movies than you, more TV shows than yeah. you. He's watched them all, and he's watched them twice. He's still somehow unlocked even more seasons of Hell on Wheels than anybody else. But the crown jewel among them is every year. 10 commandment season comes on and dad is locked and loaded glued to the tv screen and brought up a good point in this show it would be an awesome party trick to be able to throw your staff and just have it turn into really steak. would underrated trick from the bible would People be one of the great
1: tricks of all time i would love to do that if i throw this all i'm going to do is have to get up and get it then because it's going to do nothing um so that's why i'm just playing the part i wish my hair and beard were a little whiter but i guess i don't because that means i'll be older mm-hmm. so that will come in time but each year, the Moses will kick in more and more as Charlton Heston went through, you know, the movie there and got to the white hair. That's eventually where I'm going to be.
3: Question, what when is Ten Commandments season? Like, when does this movie get watched every year?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it's usually around. What, what is it? Um,
0: why am I drawing a blank now? I was just I'm I'm, w- I'm waiting for you to fill it in here because I'm fascinated how far from Catholicism's teachings you fall yeah. to where if you know where the Ten Commandments movie gets It's been, been a while. I'm
1: gonna need the wife to uh, text me real quick on uh, when that is. We'll again. come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back. To <laughs> <that>. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah,
0: we'll get back to
1: that. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I haven't followed a lot of the uh, Catholicism. Christmas or uh, Easter? It's one of those too. Yeah, that's yeah, all yeah, you yeah. Really I really need to say I'd probably, there. Just, probably lean toward Easter on that one, but sure. probably Christmas. Who this knows where you put the t no and the
0: f on your paper in high school or college and you just kind yeah. of fudge it so it looks like both here right now we will get to uh as dad said tricks we will get to tricks or treats in a little bit because it is halloween uh which means our show which is a show comprised of uh, an actual type two be- diabetic and one who aspires to be mm-hmm. means we gotta give out candy takes on oh this without show. a doubt yeah there, uh, there are specifics here
1: yeah there are specifics here that you just you can't be that person Uh, That person in the neighborhood that does that thing that we're going to get to. So, Uh, yeah, this this isn't this isn't the day to all of a sudden think about little kids teeth, okay? and hand out toothbrushes or pennies or whatever. I mean, stop it.
0: All right, I want to know if anybody in 2023 even understands the concept of handing out pennies. Did people really give out pennies when they did? They gave, they gave out change because kind of great they didn't, they depression didn't, stuff they, is
1: this. though well, they didn't want to give out. They didn't want to give out candy because you know they didn't want to go candy to kids. So they gave out like, and they were little kids, so they just gave them like pennies or a nickel or something.
0: Yeah, that I was did, done. Like, I mean, you could buy a loaf of bread with that back when you were a kid. Okay, so that's a huge seriously,
1: bread. is that where we're going? Where we're, we're going mean, to do that, old jokes? That basically
0: got you like a
1: half gallon of gas back in, what, okay. 1945? All right, we, we done? We done with the age shaming? Again, I get it enough from Jess Matana, you know, on Golic and Smeddy. I got to get it from you guys as well because so jesse we'll i know you're thinking about it
3: i mean i don't know i feel pretty old these days so, <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> the she bro- looks ending. like the
0: saddest bat girl right now yeah. doesn't she jesse had the farest way look <laughs> in her eyes right she now really and does we will veer away from that and towards the light right now because we woke up this morning expecting a day full of nfl trades there's a lot to get to on that front with the number of prospective trades out there, we've already seen a couple work their way in, but the NBA said, hold my oh, beer. Boy. James Harden, you are now a Los Angeles Clipper. Waking up this morning to the news from ESPN NBA insider Adrian wardjanowski that the Los Angeles Clippers had acquired 10-time All-Star James Harden in a trade with the Sixers on Monday night. The Sixers sent James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Philip Petrushev to the Clippers, for Marcus Morris, that Morris, not Markeef, Robert nope. Covington, Nick Batum, K.J. Martin, a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, and a 29-pick pick swap, along with an additional first-round pick that will be routed from a third team. The Clippers in that third team are now finalizing those details still, and the Sixers will waive Danny Green to create roster space for the trade, wow. sources said. So, uh, Dad... James Harden gets exactly what he wants, like always. We said there are very few uh, inevitabilities and eventualities in the NBA that you can count on, but James Harden made this happen. And so now I guess the question becomes, is there any reason to believe it's going to work this time? Him, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Kawhi Leonard holding it down for the Clippers. Does that now seem like the big four that can get it done?
1: Well, all I got to say is, I mean, kids, look, uh, stamp your feet and whine you know and maybe you'll get your way. I mean that's what Harden has done for a while right He's been like a, a little child in in the way he acts and but he gets his way you know, he's a great player and that's certainly the biggest reason obviously he gets his way uh, but will it do any good you know that's going to be the thing. It's a guy who in the regular season has been incredible the postseason not so much and now he's with a, bu- a bunch of other guys who are from you know uh, you know Los Angeles. Yeah, In that everyone area. who's
0: ever called <laughs> Los Angeles home just decided, you know what, coming back and playing for the Lakers might be tough at this juncture with LeBron and what they got going on there, so we can do the next best. It's the Pawn Stars meme. Yeah, I can't do that for you, but I can do the Clippers for you. So I, I, we'll wait and see. I mean, we'll wait and see if it does any good. He is now the
1: fourth former MVP to be moved four times. It's Moses Malone, Bob McAdoo, Russell Westbrook, his now teammate. And his teammate again, as I'll say, and now James Harden. Uh, so we went from OKC to Houston, to Brooklyn, to Philly, and now to the Clippers, where he's actually reunited with Russell Westbrook again. They were together in in OKC. They were together in Houston, and now they're together with the Clippers. So uh, it's been a roundabout way uh, for Harden. Will it do any good for this team? I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I I would imagine most people are leaning toward no, no on this thing, that him being the linchpin to the championship. I don't think he was brought there to be the linchpin, but like he was supposed to be him and Embiid in Philadelphia
0: bringing a championship there. And uh, he wanted out, he got out, so let's see where it goes. The Clippers are currently fifth in NBA title odds behind the Boston Celtics, the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Suns now. So in the Western Conference, they are third behind the Nuggets and the Suns at this point. Uh, With the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers now, uh, excuse me, Golden State is tied for them, both odds at plus 1,200. For those teams and yeah dad the easy answer for me right now would be no you look at this team overall this has now three of the top six active players in points scored among those who have never won a title according to espn stats and info and especially in this year's western conference where you've got the denver nuggets who are the defending champions who still look poised to kind of go out there and win off the same brand of chemistry and nikola Jokic's incredible feats and then the phoenix suns who seem like the one legitimate challenger because they've managed to now string together a couple of years of trying to put together a super team maybe have a little bit more depth and are going to get Kevin Durant to stay healthy for an entire season so yeah they are understandably and justifiably third and all that I think the more interesting thing relative to expectation is going to be what do the Clippers look like relative to their crosstown rival in the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James and Anthony Davis who it still feels like have more expectations on them at this point dad just because this lumps into Well, you know, we haven't seen Kawhi Leonard really stay fully healthy in a long time, him and Paul George, even since they've linked up there. It hasn't felt like we've seen that duo touch the heights there. And you've got Russell Westbrook, who, while still a future Hall of Famer and a guy who's respected for his entire basketball resume and dad, the other interesting part of that interpersonally, a guy who's well known for his work habits. Being teammates with James Harden once again after we heard about the friction there between them and Houston because of how – that was, I mean, Mark, more, more Chris Paul, I think. But I'm right, sure right. Russ, like the way he approaches the job versus the way James Harden approaches the job, probably two guys that don't have a lot to talk about outside of the facility.
1: Yeah, and the one thing to talk about, too, is their age. Paul George is 33. James Harden is 34. Kawhi Leonard is 32. And Russell Westbrook is 34. So, I mean, you got them together, and it certainly isn't going to be for long, and you got guys together coming toward the end of their career as well. So this is akin to trying to catch lightning in a bottle uh, with the older players here. And Kawhi Leonard, that's the perfect question. Can he stay healthy? Remember, he bagged on the league in their new kind of – you know, issuing of, hey, we don't want guys sitting out for this load management. And he's like, mine isn't load management. Mine's actual injury. And we're all like, yep, unfortunately is. Because what a great player he is when he is healthy. Uh, But unfortunately, you haven't seen a ton of that. Because when he is ready to go, he is something.
0: Yeah, and so... That's going to be the question there. We have no idea what shape James Harden's going to show up in right now. Was away from most of the entire preseason with the 76ers. Tried to come back and play in the first game there. They were like, no, you're going to go ahead and sit this one out, But uh, On the other side, Dad, for the 76ers, honestly, it's got to be a sigh of relief in that building just to be done with this at this point. Like, obviously, for them, you took out a couple of expiring contracts and positioned yourself to potentially be able to make another move to try and position another star player alongside of Joel Embiid, who had to be looking at the situation. We said going back to Milwaukee in their opening night game, looking out at what one team had done for their star versus what the 76ers had done for theirs, trying to swap the deck as best they could. Daryl Morey went to a tried and true in James Harden and it bit him in the ass something famous. And so now at least for the 76ers, they get to turn the page. They no longer have that headache in their locker room and they get to focus on what are they going to turn this into? What are they going to use these assets to make now? Because all the draft picks in the world don't really matter when you're trying to win in the here and now with the remaining few years you'd imagine of Joel Embiid's prime physical peak for a guy that's already been oft injured and had to deal with that in a lot of postseason runs
1: you know you sit there and look at the teams and the players and, and somehow it just doesn't seem like Embiid Maxi, and Harris are going to be that three names that carries a team to a championship you know and that's a and kudos Philly's been trying right you know the whole process from years ago to what they've been trying to build and players that they have had and trying to get that championship and you wonder yeah is it, is it going to run out of time you know, for a Joel Embiid, you know, to end up somewhere else, because right now I just don't think they have, and we'll see what they turn this all into, but right now I, I don't imagine any, any feel they have the juice to compete with the top of the Eastern Conference.
0: No. So uh, going to be fascinating There, we mentioned the odds before the Sixers now 10th in odds at plus 1800 on DraftKings Sportsbook for the championship. So uh, they're not done yet. I'd imagine there's going to be another stanza into this for the Philadelphia 76ers, but at the very least Philly. You have now purged yourself of the James Harden experiment and your role in all that. So congratulations or I'm sorry, whichever feels more applicable to you (laughs) at this current juncture. Because that's where we are. With James Harden at this point, this has become the story around him. It's not the guy who was an MVP. It's not the exemplary basketball player. It's not the beard. It is what he does off the court to get to what he wants. And now we start the clock on how long this will last with the Clippers. Is this the last chance? As Kevin Garnett said, you only get so many wiggles. You don't get infinite wiggles, James Harden might have infinite wiggles at the rate that he's been operating at, and so we'll see if that's the case. Dad, football-wise last night, switching gears a little bit, we had Monday Night Football, Lions versus Raiders, and man alive, this was an ugly football game that I think had two major takeaways. One... Jameer Gibbs finally unlocked. We are like in a video game when you've got the you know just the outline and the silhouette of a character that you got to unlock through gameplay. We have unlocked Jameer Gibbs as a character in this game. My favorite stat from last night is that Jameer Gibbs had 189 total yards between rushing and receiving. He had 26 carries for 152 yards that would put him at 37 yards receiving. That is more yards than the Raiders had on offense combined at 157 on the night. And so while David Montgomery's still been sidelined at uh, Jameer Gibbs, their rookie first-round pick out of Alabama, finally bore the fruit that we heard everyone talking about going back to the preseason when Ben Johnson said, we're going to use him a million different ways. We're going to revolutionize offense with this guy. It turns out they were just going to hand him the ball and sometimes throw him the ball, but that still worked out pretty well. So it had to be exciting for everyone to see that. The other portion of this, Dad, is Devontae Adams needs to be freed from that prison that he's in in Las Vegas. It, it It is brutal.
1: First, yeah, to the good side, and you're right, with Jameer Gibbs, with David Montgomery out with the injury. You mentioned 31 touches, 189 yards to Vegas, 45 total plays and 157 yards. I mean, that is just a joke when you look at it. And then you look at the Raiders. The Raiders did not complete a ball to a wide receiver in the first half. Did not complete a ball to a wide receiver in the first half, which is stunning. The leading receivers were Josh Jacobs, Austin Hooper, and Hunter Renfro. Each had two receptions. And then Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer and Amir Abdullah and Devontae Adams had one. Devontae Adams had seven targets and had one reception as he was watching passes sail over his head mm. to the point where he threw his helmet at the, coming to the end of the game out of frustration this offense is abysmal i've had to cover them a couple of times they're just they just they just can't get anything going at all and Detroit did exactly what they needed to do. Detroit is now sitting at six and two. Minnesota, even with their win at four and four, we thought, okay, they still have two times they got to play each other. Can Minnesota get back into this? But as we know, Kirk Cousins, Torres Achille, he's done for the year. So that's pretty much over. This is Detroit's division, which they haven't won in like three decades. So. They're sitting pretty. They did exactly what they needed to do. So the two sides to talk about this is Detroit doing what they needed to do and looking good doing it, and the Raiders just
0: horrid in this offensive side of the ball. Let me just say this. In two weeks, on November 12th, the Las Vegas Raiders are supposed to play the Jets in primetime on Sunday night football. I'm supposed to do that game. Roger Goodell, if you let this happen – what did we even do that whole off-season saga about being able to flex primetime games? You guys took all that heat from us complaining about how it would be a disservice to fans and players to try and change. No, you know what? In this case, it would be overwhelmingly worth it if you guys change this game because if we've got to watch that in primetime right now, I am going to probably snap. So do the right thing. The league office needs to step in and save us all well, on this one. They need to. Honestly, Dad, if I'm Devontae Adams waking up today, the trade deadline's coming up at 4 o'clock Eastern, I'm just going to go and throw out and send a wire that I've been traded and fill in a team and see what happens. Just go rogue. <laughs> because at this point, what's the worst they can do? Make you stay in Las Vegas? That's already seems like your lot in life right now. They brought you over here to play with your best friend. They traded him away. And then they got you sitting here in hell with Josh McDaniels and broken Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't deserve this, Devontae. None of us believe that.
1: It is, it is brutal. And, and again, to your point, I do the Sunday night games for Westwood One. And that's where you can flex. You can start flexing Monday night games a little later in the season. And there's a, a formula and a process to it that's more complicated than I care, than I care to know. But what it does affect is I keep saying, should I do my travel to this game? And they're all like, Hold off. We got to wait and see yeah. what game like. Like we'll find out today. You know, for that game in a couple of weeks, that's supposed to be in Vegas with the Jets in Vegas. Is that going to happen through the process of flexing? So we will find out, you know, it's not just as simple Please as snapping your fingers. There, there is a process
0: to it. But yeah, I, I am one of those that waits in the wings to hear before I have to make my travel schedule. We will wait and see if Dad is forced to go to Vegas and if the rest of us have to burn our eyes watching that off. I don't mind going to
1: Vegas. You know me. You can find me at seat four on the blackjack table. I'm okay. I'm okay with that.
0: On the other side, quickly, the Detroit Lions, Dad, Looked pretty good, not great. The offense had a bunch of mistakes in this game. Uh, Fumble coming out from backed up inside their own, uh, near their own end zone. Fumble going in in the goal line, a pick six by Jared Goff to his old teammate Marcus Peters. So there were a bunch of warts in there, but in general, they were able to hand the ball off and be hammer versus nail for the majority of last night. The Lions' defense looked incredible. Six sacks in that game. When they decided they wanted to line up and blitz on third down, there was basically nothing Vegas could do to stop them. And so uh, they had to be pretty happy with that performance. Performance as much as anything but getting back on track after that bad loss.
1: And you look at the games coming up, Mike, for them. I mean, yeah. Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears. I mean, all absolutely winnable games for them to really stretch their lead in the division right now.
0: Yeah, no, the Lions should run away and hide with the NFC North yeah. at this juncture for all the reasons that we've mentioned. So now it's going to be for them and many others, knowing that, how high does this climb, and does it prompt them to make any moves as we approach the trade deadline today? So coming up next, we will take a look at some of the names expected to be on the block today. That's next here on Gojo and Gold. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know? about jägermeister
1: i mean well really all i know it's got a really awesome stag logo what what else do
0: i need to know about jägermeister well uh you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time damn that's cold there's a right and wrong way to drink it yes there is dad you should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees fahrenheit to be exact huh? well you know what that explains a lot i've just been pulling it straight off the shelf And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York.
3: Welcome back to Gojo and Like The news was confirmed. Kirk Cousins officially out for the season with a t- torn Achilles. It was confirmed by an MRI losing Cousins. Obviously a massive blow. Trade deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern today. What moves are the Vikings going to make? Who else in the league could be on the move? The guys are standing by with Brad Spielberger to discuss this and more.
0: Yes, very excited to welcome in pro football-focused salary cap analyst Brad Spielberger to help us get ready to digest what's going to come up today. Uh, Brad, appreciate you taking the time to join us on uh, the NFL trade deadline day here. And Jesse just mentioned the Minnesota Vikings, one of the teams that everybody's been looking at here. Derek Henry with the Tennessee Titans is a name a lot of people floated. I know people looking at the Broncos here. As you sort of assess the landscape of the NFL right now, What's the most likely trade that you see happening today? What's the outcome that you think actually has the best chance?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of those teams you mentioned had a couple wins the last few weeks that maybe changes the calculus. Obviously, losing Kirk Cousins maybe gets Minnesota to reassess there, but I think Washington we heard coming into this weekend if they lose this game against Philadelphia, one of those edge rushers could be on the move. You can't franchise tag both guys. They're both pending free agents. I think Montez Sweat, I think there's a pretty good chance he gets moved today. Teams like Atlanta, San Francisco, Chicago, maybe a couple others are going to be in the mix there for Montez Sweat
1: how much does money come into play you look at the Leonard Williams trade I mean how about this guy he was over what about 10 mil got a check written to him for over nine million dollars by the Giants sent out the door to a playoff team in Seattle I mean what a day for him but but like cap and money you know situations to that are involved in some of these trades
2: Part of it. And that particular trend that you saw yesterday with Leonard Williams is also how Von Miller went to the Los Angeles Rams a couple years ago. It's how Roquan Smith went to the Baltimore Ravens last year. That is the new trend where we're getting more active on deadline day because teams are willing to convert that money, eat that cash, and they actually get... Better draft pick return, too, because they basically say, hey, you know, we just saved you nine and a half million dollars in the Leonard Williams example, so you better give us a second round pick instead of hypothetically a third or whatever it was. That is the new trend, and I think it's why you're seeing more blockbusters each, each year at the deadline.
0: Well, with that in mind, when we think of people financially strapped by decisions that they've made, I think of the Denver Broncos and that Russell Wilson contract there. And they've got a number of guys between Cortland Sutton, Jeremy, uh, Jerry Judy. I heard people even making calls about Pat Sertan and their secondary. Is there anyone that you think could most realistically be moved with the Broncos being inclined?
2: I think one of those receivers is probably a good bet. You know, Sertan, I think you're talking multiple first-round picks, like a Jalen Ramsey-level trade. And I don't know if a team is going to pull the trigger there, but I think those receivers, one of them maybe gets on the move. I think a, a guy like a linebacker, Josie Jewell, could be helped out a team like the Dallas Cowboys that has a bunch of injuries there or some other contenders, Philadelphia, looking to bolster their linebacker core as well. Um, I, I think a lot of guys are available in Denver, I'm sure.
1: One of the things we see in other sports is when you trade for a guy, it's like this, you call it this rental for a few months, right? Is that, is that equal in the NFL? Like, say a guy like Derrick Henry, who's on the last year of his contract, could we see something like that just to bring into like a playoff team for a few months and then do like that one-year rental?
2: Yeah. And the thing there is when a guy's on an expiring deal, if he then goes sign a free agent contract with a new team, the, the original team can get a compensatory right. draft pick, the whole system, you know, where you add capital. So I think that's what you see there that that has happened a couple of times. I think the most famous one was golden Tate with the Philadelphia Eagles. They give up a third to go get him. He signs with the giants in the off season. They get a fourth and they basically say, okay, we moved down around for 10 games of golden Tate didn't really work out, but, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And if it had worked out, you know, it would have been worth it every single time.
0: So looking at the opposite direction, because dad mentioned the word contenders, who do you look at and say needs to, in the worst way, make a move? Who's got amongst the teams that we expect to be playoff contenders, Super Bowl teams trying to make a run has the biggest need that they need to go out and try and address in some way, shape or form today?
2: I think what's interesting is we're talking a ton about Brock Purdy in San Francisco and not really talking about how that defense hasn't had the teeth they've had the last couple of years. Um, I think defensive line, another piece on the edge or potentially a cornerback for them makes a lot of sense. I know Kansas City always figures things out, but they really do not have much to speak of at wide receiver. Even adding a, you know, a depth piece, not even a splash like a DeAndre Hopkins, but you know, a Paris Campbell, a a Terrace Marshall in Carolina, just something to add to that room I think could be interesting. So those two for sure stand out. And then, and Philadelphia, look, Howie Roseman is never satisfied. I don't think they're done either. I think you could add a receiver. I mentioned linebacker corner. Uh, I think they're going to do something here in the next, you know, 12 hours or so. I was going to you know, say, I
0: think they converted a bunch of Kevin Bayard's salary into like yeah. a signing bonus or something and cleared up money. And everyone's antennas immediately <laughs> went up because now we all live in fear, Dad, of Howie Roseman and what he does. It's
1: the greatest thing when you hear converted into signing bonus, someone gets handed a big check. It's a beautiful thing. You know, the. The trade deadline in the NFL just used to be another day with nothing happening and we moved on. And then we saw with McCaffrey last year, TJ Hawkinson last year, how much that helped their teams. Do we see, even though we're just hearing the rumors, do we expect there to be a number of trades today, maybe even impactful trades, not just moving some, you know, pieces along the deck uh, to, to happen today?
2: I do. I don't know if it will be as big as last year. Those names you just mentioned, Bradley Chubb goes for a first-round pick to the Miami Dolphins. Like, I don't think we'll get as big, but I think there has been a change in kind of the perception of how the deadline works. I think teams are more honest with themselves. The good ones maybe are more honest. They need to make a push if they truly want to contend. And I think the bad teams also recognize, let's get as much draft capital as we can. Let's start this thing over, get young, get cheap, and, and just hit the reset button. So I think going forward, it's it's not going to be never going to be MLB, but I think it is going to be more interesting than it has for a very long time where you know we kind of expected nothing to happen on deadline day.
0: Uh, so, Brad, as we wrap up here, I guess the biggest binary in today and the one most people are looking at here, Derek Henry, ultimately when the clock ticks past 4 p.m. Eastern today, is Derek Henry still a Tennessee Titan?
2: Yeah, believe so. They didn't rework his contract. You mentioned the restructure and then a the big old check. That didn't happen yesterday for Henry. So if you wanted to do that for an expensive player, you had to do it yesterday by 4 p.m. Now I think you look at the cheaper guys like Jalen Johnson request a trade in Chicago. He's on a rookie deal. Like I think it'll be more of those type of players as opposed to the high priced veterans because you know they didn't get their contracts reworked.
0: Awesome stuff, Brad. We appreciate all the help. Hopefully, it's going to be an exciting day like we've all gotten used to here. Uh, Thank you so much. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, man?
2: Thank you, guys. Happy Halloween. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Brad
0: Spielberger, (laughs) again, uh, pro football focus salary cap analyst there, Dad. And uh, I I think that's probably a good frame of mind, right? Like the... The things that we would have seen especially and I saw Chris Long point this out on their podcast once you saw Derek Henry get the workload this weekend that he did if they were anticipating even thinking about trading him the last thing you were going to do is put him out there with the potential to get injured in that game and instead they ran him until the cows were coming home on right. that was the lion's share of their offense around Will Levis they did a great job insulating their rookie quarterback so I think he's right Derek Henry is going to stay put not moving a foundational piece like that while you're going to try and break in a rookie quarterback a conversation we kind of had around the Colts too well
1: the big Thing was, after the Leonard Williams deal, that time ran out on restructuring the deals. And I think that's exactly what Brad said. That's going to stop some of those moves from happening because you can't restructure. And I also think, Mike, one of the big things of why we haven't seen it, and maybe now we will more, is in the offensive side of the ball, going to another team and learning a new defense, I think, in my eyes, is easier than learning a new offense. And you had, as we said, McCaffrey and Hawkinson, two offensive guys go to another offense and pick it up pretty quick and i think that may have been a sticking point that we're now getting past that wait a minute you're going to another offense how quickly can you actually pick that up in november with you know half the season left and be a viable you know solution on that offense and we saw it happen last year so i wonder if that really kind of and i think with younger coaches and younger gms you may start see more more risk taking in that in that case
0: yeah we've seen a lot of aggression i think for that reason that you just mentioned too so gonna be fascinating a couple other ones to pay attention to we talked about the vikings and kirk cousins uh, off the top of the segment did jesse And Jaron Hall's their backup there. You do wonder, Dad. We saw in Arizona Josh Jobs benched this weekend. Jonathan Gannon came out and said it's either going to be their rookie Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray starting the game this weekend who could potentially come off IR. He's still on IR right now. And so you wonder if that frees up Josh Jobs for a team in Minnesota who might decide, hey, we're going to make a run at this this season after the last couple of games that we've been winners at, or are they going to stand Pat and – say the quiet part loud that maybe we're going to try and tank and get the quarterback of our future coming up later in the draft uh, speaking of saying the quiet part loud coming up next (laughs) yesterday Dabo (laughs) Swinney turned the volume up to 11 on one Clemson fan
3: Welcome back to Gojo and Go. Dallas Winnie is having a tough year, okay? Clemson is nowhere near the national championship or even ACC title conversation, courtesy of a 4-4 four four start, 2-4 conference record. That's good for 10th. In the ACC. Not good. Dabo obviously having a tough year, okay? And he appeared to reach his breaking point on Monday, courtesy of Tyler from Spartanburg. So, Swinney sat on his weekly call in show, Tiger Calls, and Tyler from Spartanburg took advantage of said opportunity, decided to ask Swinney about his $115 million contract that pays him more than $11 million a year, and he was not asking about it in a complimentary way. Sweetie did not appreciate the question, to put it lightly. Here's part of the rant.
1: If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think best for the moment. If you've got a problem with that, that's fine. But you're not, I'm not going to sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me like I'm, like I'm 12 years old. Be freaking kidding me.
3: That was you <laughs> gotta be having a really rough day, you know, for Dabo to come out and just be because I'm sure he deals with this type of crap all the time. So you know he really was reaching his breaking point when he goes off like that.
0: Well, that's exactly what it is, Jesse. Is this is a man who's been hearing this now for weeks because Clemson having four losses at all. I mean, Dabbo mentioned it, this, this rant was multiple minutes long where he highlighted their record, I think it's 12 straight 10-win seasons that Clemson's had two national championships in the last seven years. Dabo went up and down because he's looking around Dad at this point and going, is this how quickly everyone turns on me here? Because at Clemson, They had not enjoyed any success anywhere close to this. That little old Clemson thing Dabo used to play on was actually the truth for a long time. And then Dabo Swinney came here, and along with the many great players that we've seen come through there over the years, obviously driving the ship on this, they have enjoyed an unprecedented run run of success, the likes of which 99.9% of college football teams would trade their firstborn for. And now all of a sudden he's looking up in a 4-4 and season. The one time, because remember last year, they won double-digit games again and salvaged it from a season that looked like it was spiraling out of control. This one actually hit the skids, and now all of a sudden everyone is turned on him. So yeah, it wasn't just Tyler and Spartanburg. It was the fact that everybody has been doing this to Dabo for weeks now. And, Dad, I'm not going to lie, part of me kind of loved this. Like, I know you're not supposed to do this. I know it's punching down. I know there's never going to be a public win coming out like this and being the coach saying, if you want the job, apply for the job. Um, I started as the lowest paid coach in this business. I worked my ass off. I'm not going to let this smart-ass kid get on the phone and tell me how to do my job. On and on down the list. Yes, it is not advisable. But, man, I bet that felt damn good because I'm looking from the outside in going, one, as a Notre Dame fan, please don't poke the bear anymore. But, two, man, this is how quickly y'all are going to switch it up on this guy. Wait, guys, also,
3: you just have to know, just for because we've heard parts of it and whatnot, he talked for over five minutes without interruption. Like, this was a rant rant.
0: Well, and so did Tyler. His question was about three minutes of rambling <laughs> yeah. nonsense that yeah, finally that's... just ended in enough slights for Dabo to cut it off.
1: Uh, <laughs> exactly. You had, you had to get out of that one because your callers just keep going and going and going at times and questioning, obviously, the salary. And listen, I, 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 I'm with you, Mike, in you shouldn't answer that. You shouldn't hit send with your mouth, you know, and, and just start basically talking. But every now and then, you know, you, you reach a boiling point. You know, you, you hit one point and you just, I, I doubt he'll do that again. Um, but I would imagine it did feel pretty good because where he's sitting now, he doesn't have to worry about that. And listen, he's right. He got paid for doing a great job. This team had done a lot over the years. When he was signed there in, what, 09? He was one of the lowest paid coaches. Brought him a couple championships there in, in, in a, what, a seven-year span. Became one of the top programs. And then you get paid that way. That's how it works especially in college and people want to complain about what the coaches make tough complain all you want that's market value and he got a monster contract for having his team as team as one of the top teams in the country for a number of years so he does not have to apologize to for that at all and as we as we talk about you reach your break. we've all done it right i've hit send when i shouldn't have hit send at times everybody kind of reaches a point where you do it and then you say okay I don't need to do that anymore but dab always been going through this a little bit this year because this isn't a normal year from clemson and do you you know you sit there and wonder do people turn on you this quickly yes see any coach at alabama okay talk to our buddy bill curry when he was the head coach at alabama when little old ladies are coming up to him tell him who we better not lose to i.e auburn or you know better not have more than one loss and just what a difficult job
0: it is at a top program if you start to lose. But I guess that's the thing and the difference, Dad. And I saw Bamani Jones was talking about this the other day on The Right Time, where he got asked about you know who would lose their job first between Dabo Swinney and Jimbo Fisher. And he highlighted the truth, is what Dabo has meant to this program is so outsized compared to some of these other places, because Clemson, I mean, especially in the last 35, 40 years, wasn't doing the things that Alabama had done, wasn't doing the things that a lot of these other top flight programs done. Dabo's the sun and the moon around there, but apparently that light only lasts you so long, which has got to be the maddening part. I do wonder what this does too for his Q rating, Dad, because I think for a lot of people, Dabo's always been a polarizing figure, right? A lot of his opinions on the future of college football, paying athletes have always come up. He's had quotes that have usually been the thing that drives sports talk radio, and a lot of it's been tied back to this is a guy who seems overwhelmingly optimistic at times. This was a very real moment. Like, Dad, I don't know about you. We had seen rants from the likes of Jimbo Fisher in recent years, his feud in the offseason with Nick Saban and stuff like that, and we always feel like we can tell when someone finally snaps and it's real and it felt like Jimbo got there last offseason, this didn't feel like he was putting on a show for somebody. No. This felt like a man who was actually voicing his frustration in a way we talked about the other day with Dave Dorn and some others. We've seen more college coaches than ever comfortable with doing. Oh,
1: without, without question, and, and it's been building. He talked about the bandwagon fans. Good, let's lighten the load, you know, on, on these guys. He has gone to the point now where he probably needs to stop, right? Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, because he's done it a couple of times now because they're in an area that he's not used to being. And remember when he got there... He was paid a little over $816,000. He was hired after being an interim head coach, had no prior coordinating or head coaching experience. So he was one of the lowest paid guys. And he built that program to a powerhouse. And now he's seeing people turn on him in a short amount of time because they're not where they were. But that's fan. That's why it's short for fanatic. I mean, that's, that's where we are. And, you know, you just need to kind of realize that, but... We're all human. We're not robots. Coaches, players are not robots. That's why they
0: react
1: to these things at times, you know, the way they do. And when they say, oh, man, don't do that, don't do that, you're right, don't do that. But every now and then, I'm with you, it feels good to do, even though, unfortunately, it doesn't solve anything.
0: And you mentioned the other day Philly fans coming up to you in the grocery store when you were playing for the Eagles. It's one thing to see it as message board fodder and to hear it in the din around the program, the conversation, because like we said, these coaches do hear all this stuff. In this day and age, you can't hide from it. It's not like that lie coaches used to say, we don't pay attention to the outside noise here. But then to have someone with the audacity to call in, and I know he's not saying it to your face, but saying it to your person in that way, I can see that being the final straw. I understand and weirdly appreciate that even in that moment, Davos, like, no, you're not going to talk to me like that after everything that I've done for this program. I could kind of understand and appreciate that because it got me a little bit fired up, Dad, knowing the Clemson situation, knowing what he's given to that program, along with the players, right? Like, yeah. He mentioned a lot of his accolades there. It's worth noting the players that he had There were great yeah, a large reason great for the players. accomplishment. And right. a large reason why they are struggling right now is the fact that they've lost quality players at those positions. But, man, I was a little frustrated on his behalf, and I thought, man, that had to feel great to do. Like you said, that's going to be the end of it. And it makes me more and more worried for Saturday as a Notre Dame fan because this is that kind of moment where Clemson pulls some wild stuff. Off. How about it?
1: How? But he does, I think, have to buy into where we are in college ball now yes. with NIL and with the portal. He seems to be fighting that a bit. But the one thing I will say, he has not thrown his players under the bus, much like a couple, of, you know, a couple of other coaches that we have talked about, you know, in Narduzzi at Pitt and Deion Sanders did that a bit. Uh, while they both ended up taking responsibility well, as well, they did throw their players under the bus some.
0: Yeah, Dabo tossed his quarterback under the bus a little bit of something after one of the last few games here, so he hasn't been immune to it either. <laughs> he hasn't been perfect. And like you said, you can criticize Dabo Swinney and his current vantage point and place in the sport, but doing it in the way that Tyler uh, from Spartanburg did, probably not advisable. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code gojo. That's code gojo for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
3: Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Yesterday was the sports equinox, and in honor, we had a Gojo and Golik parlay hitting all four major sports, and guess what? It do be hitting. It did (laughs) cash. Yes, it do be hitting. You can see it on the board right there. Joe. you had a nice little tweet with the money money face. We really enjoy seeing that. Yes.
0: Money coming out, baby. Money coming out. We just like to dial up winners for you guys here, and uh, usually I reserve those for college football picks on the weekend. You can follow along. We've been close on a couple of those parlays here, but close doesn't matter. Close doesn't, matter. And, and close doesn't matter. It's exactly right. This close doesn't matter. This is across hit. the line. My yep. favorite part. Of all this hitting, because we had a lot of great sports action last night, Dad. I certainly want to talk about the World Series. We had Game Three last night. The Rangers take a two-one lead, um, but not without taking a little bit of pound of flesh out of their yep. side as well in that process. But my favorite part about all this was one: the Lakers, who we talked yesterday with Gil Alexander about coming off of the first night of a mm-hmm. uh, the second night of a back-to-back here, gutting it out and finding a way to win late. Against Kevin Clark's Orlando Magic, but my favorite part of all this was going out on the limb. We haven't watched or paid attention to a ton of hockey to start the no. season. We'll be honest with you guys, but Connor Bedard's the name of choice going in the Blackhawks' right. first overall pick, this future savior of the sport. And we're like, all right, over half a point. What yeah. are the odds in an one oh. ass whooping by the Phoenix Coyotes? Who not just him. the only goal? Connor Bedard, our hero, saved baby. Us, I love Exactly that kid. right.
1: Always saved us. Yeah, and the Lakers at, at, you know, uh, given two points and they win by three. You know, Orlando not able to get a bucket late uh, in that one to change that one around. Uh, I did think the Lions was probably the easiest one to get to that we got. And then, you know, you're just not sure in a World Series game with Texas-Arizona, we went with under nine there. And it's amazing how you watch them because I don't really have a horse in the race. so. Since I spent a lot of time in Arizona, I'd probably lean toward the Diamondbacks in this one. But I was less concerned about who was winning and more concerned about the score. And like, you know, it was three nothing for the longest time. Like, great. That was good. All right. We're going to stay under nine here. (laughs) That was that was the concern for me
0: yep exactly it ruins your brain here but uh, also yeah, it gives you something a little fun to look forward to in a game you might not have otherwise cared about and Dan, a lot of people despite what the tv ratings say certainly care about the rangers uh series here and the trouble we mentioned max scherzer and adolis garcia both exiting last night uh with respective injuries max scherzer left after three injuries because of a back injury in three Adoles innings garcia yeah. after three innings And Adoles Garcia as well, uh, his left side grabbing there. Uh, So a lot of concern there, especially with Garcia, who has been a massive force in this offense, was the MVP of the LCS round. And so uh, lots to worry about there for the Rangers, even though they take now a 2-1 lead and have been stellar through most of this postseason.
1: They're undefeated on the road. I mean, they've won nine consecutive games on the road this postseason. That's, That's incredible. What they've done, but the Garcia injury, you know, again grabbing his siders back, so you wonder if it's an oblique. Again, you have that muscle, you have a fear of then pulling it or tearing it. If you have some good fat over the top of it, maybe that helps, but he doesn't. That dude's a stud, uh, so we'll see how bad this. Scherzer, you know, was coming off the injury just to get on the roster in the postseason, so you weren't sure how that was going to go. Yeah. Uh, now he's got the now he's got the back injury as well. See so that, but really, it's Garcia you're worried about the most because this guy has been absolute money through the postseason.
0: Yeah, he has got an MRI post game. The results will determine his status going forward. The uh, Rangers said that they're being optimistic, but we'll know more tomorrow, uh, according to Bruce Bochy. So we'll find that out today, Dad. But uh, they take the lead in that series. They help us out in that parlay. So very excited and very appreciative of them on that one. As congrats we are, like
1: to all that jumped in on our yeah, parlay and exactly. and listen,
0: you know, got to eat a little dinner because of that. Enjoy. We're happy to help you out here the lions gave me a little bit more of a scare in that than they need to with the red zone turnovers and the pick six and the late missed field goal they left the door open every they chance they could for that raiders team that is just a raiders offense that is wholly incapable of walking through that door stumbled over it fell into something they're now bleeding out in the doorway here and so <laughs> we'll wait and see uh, if going into the trade deadline today, something can happen, Jesse, for them.
3: Guys, I just want to note, we have the official number. It was over 9,000 people hopped on this parlay.
0: There
3: we go. All right. Let's, Let's go. go. Strong. Let's hey, go. Enjoy the
0: money. You're welcome.
3: Yeah. You're welcome. We love to see it.
0: why we're here to see it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would imagine dad uh, switching gears here momentarily that over 9000 people would have signed the change.org petition to make this particular headline happen. We talked a little bit about Dabo Swinney and some college football in the last segment here. We got big news that shook the state of Iowa yesterday. As the announcement came from Inter-Athletic Director Beth Getz, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's either Getz or gots I don't want to lump her in with Stu Gotts automatically. There. No, don't do that. But they got the announcement that Iowa Offensive Coordinator Brian Ferentz, the son of longtime head coach Kirk Ferentz, uh will not return for the 2024 season, Dad. And for a lot of people asking why announce this now in the midst of a season where There's still a lot to play for for them. The Big Ten West has been largely in their control for a while. And so I I look at this dad and I say, this seems like a PR move, especially in the portal era to one, show the team hey yeah. we're going in a different direction if you're an <laughs> offensive player Iowa could still be a place that you likely want to come but also maybe just from a PR standpoint one of the worst mistakes they ever made was that contract the incentive-laden contract yeah. they had given Brian Ferentz for anyone unfamiliar they needed to he needed to score at least uh, 325 points during the season to be eligible for a bonus and to continue to be employed there and the drive for 325 became a rallying cry and really a source of mock- from so many people in watching Iowa each and every week as their offense struggled mightily, quarterback injury this year. Certainly to Cade McNamara, who came over from Michigan, didn't help that cause much, but it it had been something that had become a story in a really negative way that I don't think Iowa anticipated and probably should have when they gave him that contract. And so now getting out ahead of this certainly creates an awkward situation at family dinner for the uh, in the Ferenc's house, but now I think is designed to provide some clarity and some hope for the fan base, the players and everybody involved going forward
1: so you do something this early for a couple of reasons for optics and for the, the practical application that you can apply here optics to your fans to say hey we we see we have an issue here and we're making a change optics as you mentioned the portal is so important now to future offensive players you know t- hopefully top rung players that will say okay this offense is going to be different because you they know they're going to bring in a, a, a someone who runs a little bit more of a high-flying offense Uh, So and and then also you can start that process now you can openly be looking for a coordinator because you have you basically said you're going to fire your coordinator. Now, the other side of that is that a lot of people you're looking at have jobs as well. And it is not legal to be trying to hire a guy who has a job. That's why a lot of backdoor things happen uh, in, in that case. But at least from their standpoint, they can be openly. Uh, looking and scouting for an offensive coordinator and then there is the family dynamics now they had to see this coming right Right. I mean you put you put that you put those parameters on it of the three drive for 325 and it did become kind of a mocking thing so everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall I'm just I was just envisioning though of how I would have to run this by your mother where if you were working for me uh, obviously you're not working for me because your name's first on the show that you Hell wouldn't relinquish. Uh, so I understand that. but in in some case, if you were working for me or if a a son is working for a father, the process for getting the ad and those kind of meetings, the process I would have to go through is be with your mother to say I'm thinking about you know firing you know our son um, and to which the things that would be thrown at me. Right. Oh yeah. And well, <laughs> and the discussion that would go on there would be, that that's got to be an interesting
2: one.
0: It's got to be an interesting one to an extent, and we know what the power that Kirk Ferentz has at Iowa. I'm sure this wasn't something that came easily, but this was a contract signed by outgoing AD Gary Barta who announced his retirement here. Right. And again. Needed to average 25 points per game and win at least seven games for, for Aaron's two-year rolling contract to be reactivated. And winning has not been the problem for them. They keep winning. They can't stop. They winning. do. No one else in the West wants yeah. to step up and do anything about that Iowa defense that's crushing the life out of anybody but they still can't score and Iowa especially interim athletic director Angling probably for the full time job yep. making a move like this and, and again i
1: was saying what would happen in my case as far as trying to fire yeah. mike from a job oh, no. of what you wouldn't my be able to do anything would my be going through want. i wouldn't be able to go i don't know what's going on you know in the Ferentz household
0: so. No, exactly. So uh, we'll wait and find out uh, what that business is going to look like. Uh, but coming up next, we've the college football playoff rankings committee's first round of rankings coming out tonight. We are going to head down to Texas to check in with one of our good friends, Heather Dinich, on what to expect tonight.